R Rorschach? Is that is that you? It's me. It's me. Hey, hey. Uh, Rorschach. Hey, hey, man. What what's up? I'm not dead. That's for starters. Yeah, you uh, obviously don't sound very dead, like like the whole world thought you were. No, I got my I got my 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 I I maybe my brain is dead, but I got my journal too. The new frontiersman. Yeah, I uh, I read that. It it did. It did. What? Who? How to get out? Who to go to? Uh, who, who believes me? Uh, this alt right kind of like KKKS group. That's it. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I I no no. Uh, Don't laugh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh my gosh! I have to rectify this immediately. What? I've been, I've been gone. I've been teleported to Bermuda for 40 years. Sean didn't actually kill me. He just teleported me to Bermuda. I hear there's lovely weather, weather there. It was really nice. I could oh, take off good. my face and enjoy it. Your, oh, your, your face? My face. I'm wearing it now. Oh. Ask him if he's coming back for season two of Watchmen. No. Hey, you're, Watchmen? oh, you're not? Oh, you don't, you don't know what Watchmen is? What? Uh, I need to rectify this. I can't okay. have the Seventh Cavalry or the KKK or the any alt right. That's not what I stand for. Are you sure? What, what is? What are the popular days? This days, uh, mediums of information transmittal. I have to go viral. You could do a podcast. A podcast. Yeah, you know podcasts. Like Ready Set like, Podcast. Yeah, yeah, you know of Ready like Set Podcast. Like they have prizes to fit any budget. They, they sure do. They have options for both hobbyists and professional podcasters. Yeah, I mean, if, if that's if you're not wanting to do it like full time, if you want to do it kind of like as a, a side hustle, yeah. I do have to keep my identity secret. Yeah. I'm still in Bermuda. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that they can work with you. They, I mean, they're working with me and I, I live in a different state. So. Yeah, they're working with me too, Mr. Oh. oh, hey. Hey there, Isaac. I don't care who you are. Do they okay. make it super easy to create your own podcast? Can yeah, they, they help you record, edit, and publish? Yeah, I mean, they've helped us get it to wherever we needed to go. I already have a podcast idea. Yeah? But if I didn't, would they give me a free consultation? Yeah, they're they're super great. They give you a free consultation, and you can meet with them and, and talk about your idea. On their website or on social media? Yeah, I, their website. Do you do you know their website? I can tell you. No, what is it? It is www.readysetpodcast.xyz. That sounds good. Yeah, it's it's a great deal. They're do awesome. They have like a catchy tagline. Uh, it's Ready Set Podcast, making your dreams into a reality. Is that what their their tagline is? I think it's a uh, Ready Set Podcast, turning your brilliant idea into reality. Thank you, Mr. Oh. Rorschach. We'll see you later. Bye, Rorschach. Have no. fun. Give me back my <laughs> Wow. Uh, before we get started, I would like to thank uh, Rorschach for joining today's episode. I don't know. That guy uh, was kind of a bummer. <laughs> I, he's been, he was he was kind of a big bum, actually. He was in Bermuda. It's like the triangle. Olivia, I love how you're completely throwing shade on him for... He was saying that he wasn't... Uh, he didn't want to be associated with Seventh Cavalry, and you were like, "Are you sure?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Isaac did kind of say you read 4chan last episode, so I didn't read I, it. I saw an article that 
quoted. Sure, sure, sure. All right. So um, I feel like something bad could happen to me if people thought I was actually like a far right. Yeah, no, I think we should make it very clear that that was a joke. Isaac is not far right. Maybe he in likes fact, his very right opposite. Hand, but Are we, I mean, yeah, we're all we're all left, right? I feel like we should have covered that in the last episode, but we're all probably we're all definitely left leaning, correct? I, yeah. Yes. I was part of Yang Gang. I'll fully disclose that. Hey. Yang Gang. <laughs> all right. So before we get started with today's episode, I asked a question in last last uh, week's episode: uh, Who would you cast as Night Owl if there was a Watchmen sequel? I'll throw that to Olivia and Isaac. A sequel to the HBO show, let's be clear. Correct. Yeah, so if he were to come back in a season two, if they were to have it, who would I cast? I think I would cast Liam Neeson. Impressive. Ooh. That's a... Yeah, He's never done a TV show that's notable to me. I don't know if he's ever done one, but I think... He's done Cold Pursuit. That's notable. Is that a really bad movie? Or was it actually Yeah, it's not that good. Apparently. (laughs) He also got in trouble for saying some pretty oh, yeah. terrible things. Yeah, <laughs> terrible about that. Dang it, I forgot about I that. Remember that. Dang that it. was wild. Yeah. Oh, man. He I, was, uh, I, I forgot about that. Can I take back my answer? But you know what? You can't cancel Liam Neeson. Really? That, they tried I will canceling find you. him and it, and it failed. It, yeah, it didn't work. But, I, but it was one of those, I don't know. It was one of those things that I think he's so beloved that people were like, oh, I'll overlook Can I change that. my answer then? Yes. I think that's a great pick. Okay. Okay. Then you I won't change my locked answer. Locked in. Did locked you have in. another okay. person? I mean, I, I have a list of actors in their like 60s and 70s that I could also just look at. So we'll go with, uh, let, I mean, while you're picking that out, Eric, who would you have picked? Because you, oh, you had someone in mind when we recorded I had, last time. I episode, had someone right? in mind. Yeah. Um, I would go with Jeff Bridges. He's one of my I favorite I thought actors. about that. I thought about that. But do you think he could like capture kind of the nerdy? No, he would not at all, and that's why it would be actually incredible. What about a different Jeff? This isn't my pick. I have I have a different pick. But what about Jeff Daniels? I thought about that. I feel like he would be pretty good. That would be yeah, and you know yeah, he kills it on HBO. So oh yeah, that's a really good pick. I had a a a bunch of HBO stuff. I had a funny pick that just made me laugh out loud when I was thinking about it. But Joe Pesci, (laughs) Joe (laughs) Pesci. <laughs> Can you just picture Joe Pesci in a night out get up? John. Oh some of gosh. the other guys. They're a little concerned. They're not they're not nothing to worry about. But they're kind of concerned. These 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 youths out here, they're trying to run the game. <laughs> I just think it would be it'd be hilarious. Uh Joe Pesci. I guess I could take Joe Robert Pesci. Robert De Niro. Oh, God. I'm just thinking Irishman actors. Watch Romano. <laughs> it's it's going to be a gangster movie or a TV show. Anyone who has ever been universe. in some sort of mafia movie. Al Pacino. <laughs> uh, let me get some sleep. <laughs> I'm trying to sleep over here. I'm oh, sorry if the chicken is overcooked. <laughs> Al Pacino is Dr. Manhattan, the new Dr. Manhattan. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh, just like obliterate people. Oh my gosh. I just want to say I love Al Pacino. Um, Heat is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yes. Um, And his performance in that is 
so funny. Him and there's a little bit of a yeah. There's a little bit of a crossover because there's that um <laughs> there's that scene where the guy's like the guy's like, Who? Who are you talking about? Who? And he's like, Who, who? What are you a fucking owl? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Incredible movie. We'll have to um anyway, him is Dr. Man. Uh, I need to work on my Al Pacino impression, but I wanna do it on this show <laughs> in the future. Let me get some sleep. I'm so tired. I have insomnia. Who would you cast, Isaac? I would cast either Russell Crowe. Okay. Or Mark Hamill. Oh. Ooh. I'm down for that. Mark Hamill. Mark. Marky Mark. Mark. Ernest, I'm so down for that. Earnest yeah. and kind, but a little, uh, a little messed up about yeah. stuff that's happened in the past and grizzled and weathered. The Joker. That's incredible. That's Luke an incredible Skywalker. pick, Isaac. Yeah. Very. Uh, oh, he was definitely he was a left field pick. But, uh, he was. <laughs> oh, okay. Anyway, the Irishman's getting a Criterion release. It looks great. I already pre-ordered it. Oh, really? It's a <laughs> sweet cover. I know. It looks amazing. It is cool. Well, um, I don't know who's doing introduction for this episode. Uh, is it me? No. Introduce your name. Who are you, Isaac? I'm Isaac Sims. I'm Olivia Clement. I'm Eric Pham, and this is Flyover Film Show, a podcast about movies from the perspectives of three people who live in places oft forgot by Hollywood. And in today's episode, we are, this is our final episode of our Watchmen series, you guys. Crazy. We made it. Woo-woo. We made it. And we are going to rank our top five Watchmen moments. Uh, if you've been, been with us for a minute, you uh, can tell at this point that we really like to rank things. So, so here we are. Also, rank them up. Rank them up like this is billiards. You know what would be really meta if we ranked our episodes of the rankings we did? I think we should probably get a few more in, but I like that idea. That's good. That's <laughs> Maybe a good to one. celebrate one year. Maybe. Yep. I think this one's going up number one for me already. My wow. first, my uh, impersonation of Rorschach. That's great. Sorry, argue. sorry, sorry. Rorschach's appearance on this show. I miss that guy. Just kidding. I, I don't. He was a real bummer. I'd, yeah. Big bummer. Anyway. Admir- admirable what he did for this, this country, but uh, lasting repercussions, not so much. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think he, he thought he was doing the right thing. He thought he was doing the right thing. Don't we all? No? I have no I think idea. sometimes I intentionally do the wrong thing just to have fun. Just just mix it up. Yep. Yeah. Well, uh, does it? Who who wants to kick us off on our top five moments? Uh, I would be happy to. Um, I was also going to say that this is top five moment moments from the graphic novel, the film, or the HBO series of Watchmen. Yes, Watchmen any, universe. Any aspect of the Watchmen universe. Yes. My number five is. I'm assuming we're starting from five and going down. To number one is most favorite. Yeah, yeah. Um, or favorite, most favorite redundant. Sorry, I'll just take a lap. The <laughs> opening credits of the Watchmen film, I still love. I love to watch. I love mm-hmm. the the yellow font. I love the alternate history and the totalitarian government and the story that's happening of this alternate version of America all set to Bob Dylan's at times they are changing 
The soundtrack is sometimes too on the nose in the Watchmen film, but I love this song and it gets you just really amped to experience a story about this uh, Cold War paranoia America um, in the shadow of the arms race So in Soviet Russia. That's my number five. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember. I don't remember who I watched uh, the movie with. Um, they weren't a fan of the movie at all, and they said that the, the opening credits was the best part of the movie. Um, and I will argue them on that. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a it's a great montage and great way to get this introduction into the story of Watchmen. Eric, who's next? Eric, my number five. Sure. Uh, my number five is going to be uh, the. In episode one of the HBO Watchmen is the looking glass pod interrogation scene. Mm. Um, I think that was like a super amazing introduction to the character of, of looking glass. And like from, from that scene on, I, I knew he was going to be probably my favorite character of the TV show. Um, all of it set to the amazing score and, and uh, music by Trent Rasner and Atticus Ross just playing in the background while um, Wade Tillman uh, interrogates this uh, racist, and uh, I think I think uh, Looking Glass is his mask is like one of the most incredible costumes, especially uh, how it kind of relates to his character. Like when you look at it, all you see is just your reflection and and your surroundings. Mm-hmm. And I really like about this scene is like the the imagery that plays on like the walls of the pod while he's like interrogating him um i went back and rewatched it and wrote down some then i didn't i didn't even catch the the first couple times i watched did you Uh, did you catch the mount rushmore yes mount rushmore with nixon um that was an incredible little uh detail in Mm -hmm. that little slideshow the other ones i wrote down that i liked were uh the neil armstrong moon landing uh, I really like the Buddhist monk setting himself on fire uh, mm-hmm. in Vietnam. Um, there's all the American flags, uh, imagery of the KKK, the Twin Towers, Evil Knievel, and then the Mount Rushmore. Um, and then my, one of my, I think my my favorite aspect of that scene was the questions that he was asking um, when he asked him, "Would you have for breakfast this morning?" And then like immediately after that he asked if i took a shit on the american flag how would you make that feel Uh, (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty pretty amazing uh interrogation uh technique right there so that's my number five nice Nice. Nice. yeah okay um i'm gonna be real honest i made this list about three hours ago and it was not necessarily ranked in order so i apologize for not coming as prepared as i should have been shame so yeah that's my job I made mine Shame. six hours ago. Okay, okay, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> Wow, I actually did something first for once. Proud of you. <laughs> okay, so these are these are two different moments, but I'm combining them because they're they're two different lines from the show that I I, I just love. And in the first episode, Angela, Regina King as Angela perfectly delivers the line, "I've got a nose for white supremacy," and he smells like bleach. And it was in that moment where you just knew she does not mess around and, and and for people who don't know that much about uh regina king she's just so incredible and such a a powerhouse and i think that this Definition really badass yeah 
Absolutely. And, and I think that that line was just great. It was perfect. And then in the very final episode, Adrian Veidt calls Wade Tillman an ignorant hayseed. And I just thought that was a hilarious <laughs> line that I laughed out loud whenever he said that. It, it just shows up like so so full of himself like he he thinks he's doing all these things for other people like for the world but he also is very arrogant and self-centered and thinks he's better than than wade because he's you know he's supposed to be the smartest man in the world and then wade is just this country bumpkin from middle of nowhere oklahoma so anyway i just thought that was funny and i i would like to incorporate that into my my everyday vernacular real quick did you know Tim Blake Nelson was actually born in Tulsa? I did. I actually, awesome. I saw that the other day and I was like, oh, I did not know that. There's, uh, who was, uh, Bill Hader's from Tulsa as well. Oh, wow. Huh. Yeah. Nice. Anyway. So, yeah. All right. Uh, Isaac. I was going to say real quick, um, I love getting to see Adrian get outsmarted mm-hmm. in this series, partially because he... <laughs> Deserves it because he did such a terrible thing in the 80s. Um, but Lady True tricks him into posing and then getting uh, frozen into a gold statue um, <laughs> for, how, was it a year? Or no, it was like nine months, right? I think, I, I think it was, it was nine like nine months. months or nine something months sounds like that. familiar. But then he arrives and you realize, I love that twist. That's not one of my... Um, my top five, but I love that little twist. Like they oh, should make been that, there for a while. So should make that that pose and statue the new Oscar. Yes. The new Oscar. Yeah. I think, I think it's about time. Yeah. <laughs> we it needs to be revamped anyway, am I right? Yep. Jeremy Irons is great. What's your number four, Isaac? My number four is the little fear of lightning opening sequence. Nice. Like ev- probably all the opening sequences, you know, where they have the unique um episode titles they're all really strong but mm-hmm. that one getting to see one per or yeah like one person's experience on about what happened that night that the squid hit new york city mm-hmm. and what it did to everyone in that blast radius mm-hmm. um psychically and physically um is terrifying and there's religion mixed up in it and there's kind of like specific nods to the culture at the time with the girl that he's talking to and the gang that she's hanging out with it's just all very very powerful and then you have like the the mirrors in there that eventually eventually lead to his name and his alter ego and also the fact that this girl lied to him and from then on, he didn't trust anyone, and he could always tell when someone was lying. Um, so it's so just she got nuked. masterful. Yeah. <laughs> well, and also it was. I read this. Did anyone deserve to die like that? Yes, she did. <laughs> oh, Ooh. hot man, Eric! I love your hot takes. <laughs> hot takes with EB fam. Hot takes, yeah. But also, I mean, it was obviously so traumatizing to Wade, and that was like. I mean, it wasn't necessarily like a, a sexual experience, but it kind of was for him oh, and yeah. it, it traumatized him. And then that obviously affected his, his relationship, mm-hmm. his relationships moving forward, especially with his, his now ex-wife. Yep. Um, so anyway, there's that. And they couldn't, they couldn't 
I guess he didn't want to have a kid. That's yeah. that's what it was hinted at. His ex-wife killing the dog just so casually in the microwave. That was wild. Yeah, oh, yeah, like wild. genetic genetic uh, uh lab crazy. growth of of dogs. That's something else that kind of gets overlooked in the show. It's so mm-hmm. quick too. Yeah. 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 Okay, Eric. My number four is going to be when the comedian kills uh, the Vietnamese lady um, while they're in Vietnam after the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a pretty tough scene to watch, uh, especially whenever I'm, I'm rewatching it. But it's really one of the important scenes in, in the Watchmen story. Um, and it kind of, there's a lot of develop, character development to the comedian and, and the Dr. Manhattan in this scene, um, the, the pregnant Vietnamese woman, uh, who the comedian knocked up during the war comes in and, and is wanting to talk to Eddie about the baby. And the comedian exclaims that he's going to leave and forget about the shitty country and the shitty people. And of course the Dr. Manhattan is there in the background, just watching all this happen. And, uh, she cracks a, a beer bottle and, and slashes the comedian's face and the comedian shoots her and kills her all while Dr. Manhattan is watching and the comedian tells Dr. Manhattan that he could have saved her by using his powers. And one, one of the really powerful quotes from the comedian um, that he had is that he tells Dr. Manhattan is you really don't give a damn about human beings. You're drifting out of touch doc. God help us all. And as a, a pretty great quote, when he's talking to the godlike being of, of Dr. Manhattan. Mm-hmm. So that's my number four. Yeah, I think that was a very powerful moment. And I think it really showed you that even though Dr. Manhattan could have stopped it, he didn't. And, and I think it really highlights, even before Comedian says that, how yeah. out of touch he is with his humanity. Exactly. So, yeah. I think no. dark, Dr. Manhattan continues to be one of the most fascinating characters, especially once you dig deeper and deeper into who he is. Like once I connected that he's, he's not written to be God. He's written to be kind of like a, he's still a scientist. He still thinks like a scientist, even though like he, he's experiencing all these timelines at the same or simultaneously. But Lindell, like, I think, I think I, we discussed this in the religion episode, but Lindelof, makes the point that Dr. Manhattan is not creative. He like just copies mm-hmm. like what he yeah. knows. And, and if it had been someone who is, has, is very, has a very creative brain who had those powers, like they would probably do much different stuff. They wouldn't be uh, relegated to um, just this, this fatalist mindset that he has. Um, he, he just it, like the, the movie, the show, the graphic novel, like all the conversations he has with people, I'm just, I'm paying closer attention to them than other, than other conversations with other characters because I'm realizing now, like he's still a scientist. He still thinks like a scientist and Alan Moore definitely wrote him to be that way. And obviously Mm -hmm. he has this like incredible understanding, but he's not, um, he's not God. So He, he has this this limit that that limitation to a seemingly limitless infinitely almost infinitely powerful character is what is so fascinating about him agreed yeah agreed is it my turn i think so okay 
so my number four is the scene in the movie where Rorschach realizes he's being framed for murder and he attempts to fight his way out. I feel like the the choreography for that scene is is just great. I loved the way that it was shot. It was really impressive to me. Uh, that was that was a fun fun fight scene in a movie that sort of did not really have that much, even though you would think that it would as it. Yeah comic book movie but and Zack Snyder yeah yeah and so but I thought that it was it was great I thought Snyder did a really good job filming that scene so that's mine the end of that scene when they take his mask off is it's like that's a great way to end that scene that's the Mm -hmm. first time you see Jackie Earl Haley's face he's screaming he looks terrifying and one of the guys Mm -hmm. is like god he stinks or something like that it's Mm -hmm. this this is your hero type of <laughs> type yeah. of moment to the audience. Yeah. And it's fantastic. It, that is definitely one of the best parts of the movie, I think. Yeah, yeah I think so. Sure. So it's action storytelling, which is something Zack Snyder is really bad at doing. I would say <laughs> he just does, he does the action for the sake of the action. But at the end of that scene, like you get us, you get a, an insight into his desperation in that moment. Cause like, obviously he wants to be free. But then mm-hmm. his reaction to being caught is like, oh my God. It tells you so much about him. About the character, those, yeah. In those like 10 or 15 seconds. So Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right. Isaac. Isaac. Number three. Number three. My number three scene is scene is in this extraordinary being when Will Reeves goes to take down the Cyclops lab the first time um he goes and he knocks on the door he's in his hooded justice costume the dude uh opens the eye hole to see who's there or the the face hole will punches through and he goes in and he just like lays waste to these guys mm-hmm. um it's is i th- i think that's one of the best combat scenes in the movie because it's so realistic realistic yeah extremely realistic and he's getting hit and he's getting hurt but you can tell that he's fighting from a place of like this dude is not gonna lose like he is so angry and watching that and like you could feel the punches Mm -hmm. Um, it is brutal realistic yeah and then he gets tackled by another guy into the main area of the store jumps out the window and then it freezes and it's Angela under the mask and Lori Blake's reading to her and they're trying to bring her out of the uh, nostalgia stupor. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really, really great. It, it's, it's a beautiful scene. It's a great combat scene. And then there's, it kind of ends with a little bit of storytelling um, and updates you on what's going on with her physical presence as all this is happening in her mind. I like to think that the frame and shot when he's jumping out the window and it like super slow-mo. I like to think that that's a, a direct ode and tribute to, to Zack Snyder's signature slow-mo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I like to think that in my mind, but it probably wasn't the intent, but might've been. I liked it. Yeah, it, yeah, no, no, no. I, it was badass. Yeah. I, I like that just real quick, how Olivia, you pointed out that um, in our first episode that, Lindelof loves the Zack Snyder's movie. 
Mm -hmm. um, and that he respects it so much. And so, um, Eric, you might be right. Like he might be, that might've been his, uh, his nod to the comedian getting thrown out the window at the beginning of the movie. Mm -hmm. Nice. Number three, Isaac. So my number three is your number five, Isaac, the, the opening credits for Watchmen, uh, pretty much for all the same reasons that, that you had picked it. Um, some of my favorite scenes during that whole montage is uh, the original Night Owl saving Thomas and Martha Wayne in the alley right there. I don't know if you guys caught that little. I don't know if I caught that. Yeah. So have you caught that, Isaac, either? No. So if you go back and rewatch it, it's like the very first cut in the montage. Uh, they're in a, they're, uh, in the right side of the frame is not the, the original Night Owl uh, punching like this uh, robber. Mm-hmm. And in the back, there's a bunch of uh, Batman posters of the first uh, Batman comic. And you can see Thomas and or people that resemble Thomas and Martha Wayne sitting or standing on the left side of the frame. And like the woman has like white pearl necklace on oh. wearing a black suit. And Thomas How about that? Wayne is wearing a black suit. That's and, awesome. And yeah, and in the Watchmen universe, it's kind of implied that that, that night owl prevented batman being born so that that's that's a really cool easter egg interesting that's cool you definitely got to go back and rewatch it it's like one of the very first frames of that whole montage okay yeah um the two of my other favorite uh cuts in that whole montage was john f kennedy shaking hands with dr manhattan and the comedian being the shooter on the grassy knoll um, yes two amazing uh, yeah imagery, imagery so if the comedian the comedian killed jfk Okay, so this yeah, this so is it was like a CIA a, inside job because right. the comedian worked for the CIA later in his life. After, um, do you think the comedian would have been involved with nine eleven? Oh, oh, I'm kidding. Uh, I don't actually. I don't think nine eleven was an inside job. <laughs> That's a spice. I think question. it was a terrible, terrible thing that happened. But um, yeah, that that opening credits with Watchmen. I mean. It has like nine million views on YouTube for a reason. So that's oh, my nice. Three. There you go. Uh, yeah, that is uh, that is also my number three. Um, it's just it really. I think that it does a really good job of of showing the the audience what is happening, like what has happened to lead up to where we are. Mm-hmm. And, and even if you don't know the characters if you can like pay attention even a little bit to what is happening in that opening credit sequence you're gonna be able to understand these characters a little bit more and it i mean it's i mean it is really long for an open credit sequence but i think it's just great i think it was awesome i remember when i watched it i was like this is this is incredible and and i've realized that i I really like opening credit sequences. I think part of that comes from Scott Pilgrim. And I don't know. I just think that it's great. So I don't have anything to add that you guys haven't already said. So yeah, that's big. Nice pick. Nice pick. Isaac, your number two. A number two is Dr. Manhattan's response to Lori whenever she's trying to convince him to come back and save earth. Um, which is ironic because all he en- ends up doing is killing Rorschach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, he teleports him to Bermuda. Yeah. Uh, he he tells w- once Lori tells him that 
the comedian is her father. He says miracles, which is something he had talked about miracles earlier in the, uh, in the story events with astronomical odds of occurring like oxygen turning into gold. I've longed to witness such an event yet. I neglect that in human coupling millions upon millions of cells compete to create life for generation after generation until finally your mother loves a man, Edward Blake, a man she has every reason to hate, but out of that contradiction against unfathomable odds, it is you only you that emerged to distill so specific a form from all that chaos. It's like turning air into gold. It's a miracle. And so I was wrong. Now dry your eyes and let's go home. It's just a great, it's a great, beautiful moment. And it's the only time in the movie when he has an emotional reaction to Mm -hmm. something. And, and it's so rare that it's to someone that he loves and cares about because he just can't, you can tell that that's eroding Mm-hmm. in his in his life and it gives gives cause for him to you know in saigon years later go to angela and do whatever it takes to inhibit this power that keeps him from becoming human it's just a really really beautiful kind of little snippet of dr manhattan's story nice yeah that, yeah that, that, that's really a great scene uh, between those two characters and my scene is, is another scene, or my number two is another scene that has uh, Dr. Manhattan in it, and it's uh, Rorschach's death. Um, <laughs> Rorschach, you know, of course, he stands by his ideals the whole time, and he wants to tell the people the truth of, of what happened. And the, the whole confrontation between uh, Dr. Manhattan and Rorschach is, is, is pretty tense. Like, Rorschach is pretty much just roasting him the whole time. <laughs> and Dr. Manhattan's just standing there. Uh, a couple of lines I really like from, from Rorschach is, um, suddenly you discover humanity, convenient. And then he, he takes off his mask, which is a really powerful moment because earlier in the story, like he was completely destroyed when, he, when his mask was taken off. Um, so he takes off his mask um, when he's talking to Dr. Manhattan. And he says, if you care from the start, none of this would have happened, um, which kind of parallels what, what the comedian said to uh, Dr. Manhattan in Vietnam. And then, of course, uh, Rorschach gets nuked. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you can see his, his blood splatter and like the, the ink blot of his uh, Rorschach mask. And meanwhile, Night Owl is just standing in the back um, watching. I, I guess, would you say that Night, Night Owl was Rorschach's like best friend? Because they were like he was, they were like teammates originally, and yeah, because they started crime fighting together, yeah, together, didn't they? Yeah, it. I would say I wouldn't say best friend, but like companion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say Cautious that. Companion. I mean, it was kind of his confidant, you know. Right. Like I, I think Night Owl was Rorschach's best confidant companion, but I don't know if if Night Owl would feel the same way about right. Rorschach. I think that he would he he cares about him deeply, but I don't think he'd be like, this is my best friend. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. He stinks. He's, he stinks. <laughs> he and he, he broke into my house and ate a can <laughs> of beans. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, that's, it's a really powerful scene when, when Night Owl or, and Patrick Wilson does an amazing job and he just screams out. No. While his, his companion gets, gets murdered by 
a Dr. Manhattan and he can't do anything about it. Yeah. So that's my number two. It's kind of a, I, I think we've talked about this before, but in the, um, in the graphic novel, and correct me if, if I'm wrong in the graphic novel, I don't think, uh, Dan sees Rorschach get killed. Is that correct? Him and him and uh, Lori. Lori are having sex. <laughs> they're having <laughs> uh, they're having sex on uh, these uh, big fur carpets in Adrian's uh, lair. Wild I don't think he see, do sees act. him get killed. I think it's just I, him and John. Yeah, I think I think that is what happens in the yes. comics. Okay. Because in, in the movie, it is a powerful moment because in, in the movie, it's kind of depressing because Dan, like, he he does some stuff right, but, like, ultimately, he can't stop Adrian. Ultimately, mm-hmm. like, he can't save Rorschach. It's like he, his storyline in the movie is pretty depressing compared to mm-hmm. the comics. He got the girl, though. He did get the that's girl. True. I would say that's a pretty good trade-off. Pretty good trade-off. <laughs> <laughs> you get the girl... Stop three million people from dying. Killed. Uh yeah, three million people dying. <laughs> Trade off. What's, what's your number two? I don't ladies? know. Like I feel like one of the characters should have gone crazy just like knowing that they were a witness to that and that they can't tell anyone. That might have been his outcome since he's in like a loony bin now. Well, okay. So did you guys read any of the PDPedia? Is he is in HBO is Dan in an asylum no he's in a prison he's in a federal prison prison because he and Lori, although they broke up sometime in the early 90s they still work together and were illegally fighting crime as vigilantes okay and what they did is they stopped the okc bombing but they were caught by the feds yes and dan was like i'm or night owl was like i'm not going to cooperate with you guys. So they were like, okay, we'll throw you in prison for the rest of your life. And then Lori was like, yeah, I'll tell you guys what happened. And so that's when the, the FBI found out about Vite and how he was behind everything. And they were also like, yeah, we should probably keep this quiet, not to disrupt everything. And so that's how she, in exchange for all that, she decided she like started working for the FBI and worked her way up to where she was when we see her in the show. But if you guys remember when Senator Keen comes to Lori in the second or third episode, mm-hmm. um, he says, I can get your your bird out of out of its cage. Yep. He's hinting at Dan, uh, yeah. Night Owl yeah. being in prison. So, right. anyway. That's crazy. Yeah. I did not know that. I need to go. I need to go read into that. Yeah, I, uh, I I really got into the, the, the trivia of this show and series, nice. all of it. So, so she's the one who told them. She's the one who told them about the conspiracy. Yeah. And, conf- could, and confirmed that Rorschach's journal is accurate. Yes. Fascinating. Okay, I didn't, I didn't connect that until, yeah, until yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. so. Hmm. Yeah. Are we on number ones? Did everyone do their number two? Olivia, I don't. I I think I need to do mine. Okay. Uh, so, so I think so. Isaac said this earlier. It's the scene in episode six where Will Reeves 
attacks the first time he attacks the cyclops group and he's thrown he like jumps out of the window that single shot was so cool to me Mm -hmm. and it, it like freezes and it pans around just the way that they shot that was really cool to me i i really like the single shot scenes and so it it was so seamless and obviously it went from will to or like a young will reeves to angela but it, it looked like it was all one single shot to like pull that off um and then you see her eyes you can see that it's angela in there and i think that it was you know in that moment you could tell how much angela was realizing her grand what her grandfather went through and like what he dealt with and the way of what he was dealing with so and 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 then like isaac said where uh lori agent blank blake and cal are like talking to her and trying to bring her back uh back to 2019 at the the lady true's bedside or whatever um i I just felt felt like that was a great great scene so before we get to our number one oh did you have anything to add on i was gonna say real quick if you watch, I think it's in the first episode when they're, they do some of the Minutemen uh, mm-hmm. syndication. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's basically like an HBO show, uh, but it's all bullcrap. It's not actually what happened. Um, Hooded Justice swings into yes. what looks yes. like the same shop. Yes. And then what actually happened was Hooded Justice jumping out of the shop right. because he's being attacked and just right. that role reversal and actually what's happening in the story yes exactly actually what's happening in the story is him fleeing because it's the uh privileged racist villain and cyclops Mm -hmm. mobster uh who's trying to kill the hero who's trying to do the right thing it's not an innocent uh store owner right Right. yeah yeah i was going to say uh before we get to our number ones I'm wondering, do we all have the same number one? I have no idea. I Possibly. doubt it. Okay, Isaac, go, you go ahead and go tell yours. Mine is the the entire sequence from when John regains his memory until the time he is taken away by the teleporters. Okay. Okay. So that's my number one. Yeah, mine is slightly different. Okay. <laughs> if that's possible. Hey, why did you pick that as number one? I love I loved how much that happened or how, how much happens in that sequence because you find out that uh like like the story is still happening but at, in a different time it's just playing so brilliantly with the fact that John's confused but he's talking to Will from 4 years ago or 8 years ago or however long it was and he's he plants the seed in Will's mind that there's this guy named Judd Crawford and he has a clan robe in his closet. Um, mm-hmm. But technically he said that five or four years, four years in the future. So that's happening. Angela's frustrated because she knows the pressure. She's trying to change it, even though they've or changed the fact that he's going to die. And I think deep down she knows that he's going to die, but she's trying with all her might to change it, even though, John knows that it can't be changed and that this is how he's going to go out and he's still going to save her and everything's going to be fine for her, but he's going to go, but it will have been worth it because he loved her so much. Mm -hmm. Um, You get the pre or the foreshadowing with the eggs. Um, 
you get him taking the kids to safety and just back to this extremely frustrating Dr. Manhattan, like take what is happening right now seriously. I need you to take what's happening right now seriously and act like a normal person. And he's not. And it's so great because Angela just like swears like the whole time <laughs> so angrily and it's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. That That's yeah. a, that's a whole amazing way to, to make to conclude the story or come to the conclusion of the story. Um, my number one is like right before that, when, uh, it's revealed, uh, I think it's episode seven, uh, where, it's, yeah, where, uh, Dr. Manhattan is, is revealed to not be on Mars, but is in fact hiding in Tulsa. Uh, so that, that whole scene where, uh, Angela is kind of in her face off with Lady True at her compound and Lady True is, is, uh, reviews the truth bomb that, uh, Dr. Manhattan is not on Mars, blah, blah, blah. And then Angela, um, comes home to Cal and he's reading, what, I forget what book he's reading, but he's not, he's like laying on the couch reading He's a reading book. Things Fall Apart. Yeah, Things Fall Apart. And, um, and Angela, uh, like goes over to the cabinet to grab a hammer and Cal's like, what are you, was like, what, Cal has no idea what's going on. And I feel like the audience is, is like Cal in that moment, like, wait, what, what is going on right now? And, and Angela is, uh, they're going back and forth and Angela's telling them everything that happens. Then when Angela calls Cal John, I'm just like, what? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's when I was like, wait, that, that is insane. And then she pulls the little, what is the thing he called out of his forehead? I don't remember. The device. I don't know yeah, what the, the actual... thing that, the thing that keeps him or hides his memories or whatever. Yeah. And then, um, she, she she says hey baby we're in fucking trouble yeah and then you can see like the the blue reflection or the blue glow of dr manhattan reflecting on her which is that was an amazing way to end that, that and sequence. then cre- in credits and credits, and credits. That yeah. Was like, yeah that was that was a crazy uh crazy whole sequence of events and that was a, an amazing twist i didn't i didn't see that one coming at all the way uh, the way regina king does anything is <laughs> Is impressive. Yeah. 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 But especially it. the way she says fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No one says I, it quite. I like admire her skill for that. Um, I'm actually I'm I'm uh, downloading a ring a ringtone text tone of her saying the word. <laughs> so now every time any of us text you, yeah. It's Regina nice. King. Just nice. you two. Okay, good. Good. Yeah. What other- like a a really cool Easter egg. Um and I'll let you go. Uh, I'll say this real quick, Isaac. And sure. Yeah. Thought. But um, a really cool Easter egg is you can see like the, the blue glow of Dr. Manhattan, like reflecting on Angela while she's like looking over him mm-hmm. in the, and like all the posters mm-hmm. and stuff, you can see like blue glow on her. Like the, oh, the you're right. posters and stuff. Yeah. Like, it was like right. In like front the promotional. Of us. Yeah. The promotional, yeah. like the Blu-ray cover and everything. There's blue glow reflecting on her. And it's like right in front of us the whole time. I, I had crazy. I never thought about that until just now, but yeah, you're right. It's 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 awesome. So um, really rewarding storytelling, um, beginning to end. So that's that's my number one. I was at a disadvantage because I knew that uh, uh, Yahya Abdul Mateen. Uh, that's his that's his name, right? Yeah, I think I think that's mostly right. I knew that he was Doctor Manhattan. Oh, that's so that oh. so it was the delivery. The delivery was definitely. I was like all right here here he is let's see where it's gonna go from here so i was still excited but 
I imagine for both of you guys, it was more like, what? Like, what's yeah. going on? Yeah. I yeah. think at, like some of the, the the best twists, like I think my favorite twist and the one that most caught me off guard is the spoilers. I'm, I'm really sorry if you guys haven't seen Fight Club yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but is, that one's probably like the my number one favorite twist in this one. is It's probably got to be my number two. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, mm-hmm. My mind was completely blown. And the fact that she knew and how easily everything else lines up, like Judd trying to get close to her because he wants to figure out if it's actually John. Um, And then him. And then then just like, it really has taken me until now to like unfold all those other stories. Like, why would he dampen all his powers? Why would he, like, why would he do this? This is kind of irrational. Um, But then it makes sense. He just like, he wants to be with, um, with Angela. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that is also my number one is that, that, that moment where you see the, the blue glow on her face and it's, it's just kind of like this holy crap moment where if you, if you don't know anything about the graphic novel, then it's like, what is happening? (laughs) But if you do know, it's like, oh my gosh, he's been here this whole time. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't have anything else to really add that you guys haven't said. But that that moment where you you learn Cal has been Doctor Manhattan this whole time, and and then the whole sequence of of him take, having the device taken out, and then even the the fight scene when the Seventh Cavalry comes to their house and attacks them. I don't know if you guys remember this, but the music that is playing over that that scene, it feels like a, a like music from a romantic, like a like a yes. love story, like a romantic mm-hmm. movie. You know, it's not what you would envision. But I think it also hits on the fact that this this is a love story, which we've right. talked about before mm-hmm. in an earlier episode. But yeah, he he did all this for for Angela, which is cra- like crazy. It. In a way, she well, she kind of hits on it. Whatever she says uh, when they first meet at the bar in Saigon, or Saigon, where she goes, "Is this a Zeus thing?" And it kind of is, where he gives up his powers to be with this regular human. He drops some amazing lines when he's talking to Angela at that restaurant slash bar. He's yeah. a player. All I'm all relationships uh, end in tragedy. Mm. Oh man, that was. That was depressing to think about, but it's true. Unfortunately, it's a good one. Yeah, man. Like, man. I, yeah, you don't you don't expect it to be such a great love story, but then, yep. but then it, it kind of develops like in that scene. Yeah, yeah. It all comes together right there. Yeah, it comes um, together right there. And then whenever you hear, like, see their their relationship unfold in the episode, uh, a god walks into a bar. Kills it. Oh that, man, that episode is it's so good i i saw something uh and i know we're running short on time but i know someone said that you should try watching the Watchmen series in like out in out, uh episodes out of order so like start on like episode like four and watch it and you would still get like the same the same story which i don't know Ooh, how much truth that there yeah. is to that, but i want to try it one of these days i love uh a god walks into a bar yeah is the way it jumps around and is taking place in all these different times is kind of like what it's like to be in his head experiencing mm-hmm. time, which is really truly, great. 
like a terrible way to experience anything. Oh yeah. I was, I, I just imagining that seems stressful, but anyway, yeah, very stressful. Well, well guys, you want to close it out? Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, I think we can all agree that this has been slightly different from Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Just a little bit, just a little bit, but we're, uh, we're here finishing up, finishing up Watchmen and, uh, who knows, maybe in several years, whenever, uh, hopefully a second season comes out, we'll cover that. You're playing Rorschach in season two, aren't you? Uh, yes, that was the other thing that I was going to mention kind of <laughs> as a spoiler. Surprise. They all, they hired me for my uh, voice acting, and also I smell horrible. I haven't showered in four weeks. It got me the job. <laughs> Getting into character already. They're doing, it, they're yeah, doing it over Zoom. COVID has really <laughs> let everyone's personal hygiene go. Exactly. <laughs> um, well, we were we were discussing what to do, what is going to be our next series, and we have some ideas, and we decided that we're going to do a one-off episode, a uh, surprise episode next week, or sorry, next time, um, and we will announce our next series at the beginning of that episode so stay tuned we got some more some more really great stuff pertaining to flyover country in the south um and good old hollywood and uh maybe we'll even give you a little update on what things are gonna look like uh for us through the rest of the year because we have a pretty good idea about that and we should be able to have it all um finished up for you guys so yeah. The, the schedule, have the schedule finished up. So also I think that we have just a couple minutes left. I wanted to pose this to you. I think that we should do a giveaway of Ooh. one giveaway of uh, the HBO Watchmen series bundled with Zack Snyder's movie. What do you guys think? I I like that idea. Really I think that's I great. Love me some giveaways. Yeah. Love me some giveaways. Who doesn't? I think also I also think we should have done that for Scott Pilgrim. Maybe we'll do that. Hey, um, two giveaways. Yeah, who knows? We can do that. I mean, the holiday season is upon us, and it's, or in the, in the spirit, of, it's coming up. Next thing you know, it's going to be Christmas. Yeah. yeah. So so I mean, who's to say we can only do one? Yeah. This is our podcast. Dang it. We can buy as many DVDs as we want. Maybe we'll. <laughs> Maybe we'll do a giveaway of the Criterion edition of The Irishman, too. <laughs> I'm entering that if we are. Let me sleep. <laughs> oh, man. My favorite uh, my favorite scene in The Irishman. We, you saw it, Olivia, right? I actually haven't seen it. Oh, I thought oh. you had seen it. Oh, man. Here's it's the good. deal. I have it's no good. idea what you guys are referencing. Like, I know... I know what it's about, but I like as far as what you guys have specifically referenced, I have no idea. It's pretty much a, a greatest hits of all of Scorsese's movies. Yeah. The, okay. Well, the Al Pacino thing I've been referencing is from Insomnia, <laughs> which is is not a Martin Scorsese movie. It's a Christopher Nolan movie. Uh, but Al Pacino is like an insomniac detective. And he's like, Let me sleep. <laughs> um, like, are you guys risking COVID to go see Tenet? No. No. Are you? No, if it's in a drive-in, uh, if it's in a drive-in, that's, what I was, that's exactly what I said. Is yeah. a drive-in and I'm there. Not a drive-in. I'm not sitting in a chair. But it uh, in but the yeah. Irishman, remember the scene, Eric, where 
uh, he, oh, Jimmy Hoffa is like, he's, he starts chewing out his staff and then he, uh, Robert De Niro leaves the room and he's all mad. And he's like, I'm quit. You, you can't talk to me like that. And he's like, I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to them. And he's like, you call me. He, he says something. It's like a very specific insult. Do you remember what he says? Yeah, I can't remember what he says, but he drops oh. a couple of good zingers in that movie. Um, I have to go back and watch it. I haven't seen Irishman that much. It, I'll, I'll, I will see it a lot though. I laughed so hard at that scene and I'm, kicking myself i can't remember what he says anyway this has been watchmen with flyover film show i'm isaac sims signing off from conway arkansas um i'm eric fam and i want to also thank all the listeners and followers um on social media that that tune into our podcast every week uh it's always fun knowing that you guys listen um and interact with our show so yeah i'm from fort smith arkansas yeah hitting off of that i don't think we've said this in the last several episodes but if you guys haven't please rate and subscribe our podcast wherever you listen i think we've really neglected that and i think that's on me so sorry guys well so we have like a 1.3 rating right now <laughs> i'm just that, that's it it's a it's a uh, team effort we're all dropping the ball here anyway i'm olivia especially if you're on Oklahoma. itunes yeah us a review and we'll have some more fun content coming your way and more impersonations yeah. if that is something y'all are into because i am not, well sorry deal with it we can all do <laughs> i think we should all do impersonations okay okay, okay. bye all right bye